Welcome to the next episode of the IOIT podcast. How's everybody doing? Doing well, Sriram. How are you? Good. I'm doing great, Edward. Jim, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks, Sriram. What are we talking about today? I think we have a really exciting topic. Exciting as always, that is. Mm. And we'll be talking about airplanes and aircraft and the new developments of it and some of the recent news around it. The Boeing planes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so today I think we're going to mostly concentrate on the uh, new developments in the commercial space as opposed to any of the military aircraft. Uh, so we're basically just talking about Boeing, Airbus, and Bray. Yeah. yeah, the new guys that are, you know, because the Paris Air Show is going on currently and and so that's kind of what we we want to talk about well why don't we start there so the paris air show is going on as you guys talked about and boeing and british airways just had a big announcement it was like kind of a shocker uh british airways basically said they're going to be buying what is it like 20 million dollars or 20 billion yeah they'll be buying 200 planes um where it's going to cost about $24 billion. It's yeah. a letter of intent from, from the firm. Yeah, and, they're bu- and the important thing is they're buying the 737 MAX planes from Boeing that's been in the news. So that, was, that came out of nowhere, and the whole industry was taken aback because Boeing's been taking a hit for the past what, year now. Um, yeah. And uh, this might potentially save them and save definitely save the program if not save the company yeah yeah absolutely because up until then uh, airbus had been out competing boeing about three to one in contracts for planes Hmm. and with this this new since when during the paris air show since since the uh, since the beginning of of the Paris Air Show, right, and so this kind of flips the tables almost on them. Um, yeah, it, now that definitely makes Boeing a bigger seller, correct? Well, so actually they're they're pretty even right now. They're about thirty five. It, it, it I guess it depends how you look how you look at it. They're about the same in total estimated purchases, about thirty five billion dollars of purchases each. Yeah, uh, and, but uh, I think Boeing is selling more planes. Well, I mean, they definitely need to give a discount <laughs> right after the. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah um, when you're when when one of your your main planes gets grounded for an extended period of time and causes airlines to cancel flights and have to figure out what to do. It's well, I mean, yeah, like well, a huge percentage of Southwest were the Boeing seven thirty seven Maxes, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, a huge well, percentage. Yeah. Like, and they still have it. Southwest flight recently was canceled because uh, it was supposed to be a 737 MAX. So, yeah, that was a big problem. And uh, if you guys recall, it was actually, you know, purely a software issue um, that was causing the planes to fall out of the sky, essentially. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was a... It's... it's both unfortunate and odd in some ways because it was a overcompensation of a safety protocol and a safety mechanism that didn't have any backup to double check right. it. And why don't we take it from the top there? Like, so 
like what happened? So, from my understanding, when a plane takes off, you look for a critical attack angle, which is the right angle coming off the ground so that you can be able to maximize you going up versus you going down. Mm-hmm. And the problem is that if you get too vertical in a takeoff, your force making you go up no longer is greater than you going down. Mm-hmm. And you can actually push a plane to full throttle, burning it as fast and as hard as you can, and you'll be falling out of the sky. And you'll be drifting downwards because you can't, you don't right. have enough lift to pull you up. It's essentially what a stall, a stall occurs. Exactly. Where you're no, you can be full throttle, but if you're going straight up, there's no air molecules to be pushing you up at all because, yeah, that's just not how it works. So... Mm-hmm. So that angle of attack was measured. It's supposed to be measured by several different sensors along the aircraft so that you have backups and uh, so that you, you don't just check one sensor. You check multiples to see if one sensor is bad or not. And what the Boeing Maxes were doing was only checking one sensor. And, um, and that was a design decision, too. That was what? That was a design decision on their part. Yeah. Yeah. Simplify it. But unfortunately... Bring the cost simplifying up. it too much yeah right because it, it negates inside of engineering you have what's called a factor of safety where you're supposed to be able to go outside of your ideal parameters or what you're expecting and still be okay mm-hmm. and there just was no there was no way to double check it no factor of safety just to make sure that everything was going to be okay so what happened with the 737s, again, with my basic understanding, it is that the sensor was faulty, and so it was telling the computer system, the stall prevention mechanism, that the plane is too vertical, even though it wasn't, and the computer was forcing the nose down, and the pilots would try to jerk it back up, and then the system, the computer would force the nose down again. And yeah. in the case of the, the Indonesian flight that went down, the Lion Air flight, it happened six or seven times where the pilots would try to recover, recover for a few seconds, and then the nose would go down again. Try to recover, go, no, go down again. Apparently, it, it, it had been, I believe in the U.S., multiple pilots had already sent in complaints to the FAA that they had... That, that the the system wasn't working right, but nothing had been done to to look into it yet. Yeah, and the other crazy thing I read about was most of the time the pilots didn't even know what was happening, what system was forcing the nose down. Apparently, there is a light indicator that can come on and say that stall indicator, be like you're stalling, um, but that light indicator was an optional feature and wasn't installed on every 737 Maxis. So the pilots had no idea that it was the stall system that had kicked on. That's unfortunate. I did not know yeah. about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. That one, of the, one of the quick fixes that Boeing is doing is making those stall indicators standard on every plane, 737 Maxis. But uh, it's, it's a huge hit. You know, Edward, like you were saying, you have multiple systems in place so that when something fails, you can verify that against something else to see 
Is it an actual event fault? or is it a fault? Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's it's the same idea of if you're drawing a line, right? If you have one point, your line can go anywhere. Yeah. You have to have another one to know where you're going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, otherwise, it's not. It's 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 limitless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure that those sensors that there is an error factor in every single one of those sensors. And I mean, if you think about it, even if planes taking off and landing are not, you know, 99.999% of the time, they're mm-hmm. doing just fine, no problem. That still means, I think like 100 planes would fall out of the sky every year. I read that recently that like that's they have to be even more accurate than that because that's just yeah. like, they have to be perfect. There is no room for error. So the fact that you only have one is just a little scary. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I know they're well tested and they have to be tested before used, but still after a certain period of time, you have to expect some to fail. And I mean, it does come into a question of, of, of the balance between experience and technology and what you want technology to do and to be able to make a decision before, you know, a person, because you can look at it and you can say, you know, what, what, what is reasonable, right? Because a lot of, there's a lot of automated systems inside of planes now. I'm going to say, you know, experience versus technology. Um, Years back, uh, probably 15, 20 years now, in Alaska, there was a plane that just mysteriously vanished. And what they think has happened, um, you know, they've done a lot of digging and it, it, uh, over the Northern Sea, it's just, it's gone and they have no idea what happened. But what would happen is the rudder on the plane would ice up so you can't turn left and right at all or very, very, very difficult. So older pilots would know what you do is you very violently move the, the rudder all the way to the left or right very quickly and back. And what that would do is build up hydraulic pressure and it would break the ice off the rudder. Mm-hmm. So what happened with autopilot is, is this pilot, they think that this pilot flipped on autopilot and the plane got more and more and more off course because the rudder was frozen in one direction until a point where the rudder broke because the hydraulic pressure was so great and it just turned the rudder 90 degrees and when you turn rudder 90 degrees on a plane it goes into it turns sideways and goes into a nosedive so you know that's again same thing is you have to be aware of all these conditions and get inputs from pilots you can't just add stuff without telling pilots you know Um, because that was an old trick that they just used to do and they'd be like oh it's feeling a little sticky let me just break the ice real quick and you know you can't like that's the thing is not telling a pilot what 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 your control systems are doing is very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So circling back to the air show, like we're, like Edward was talking about, Airbus and Boeing are now neck and neck in terms of the orders they have gathered for the next few years. But there are some very other interesting players in the space um, with new technology, specifically an electric, mm. a fully electric airplane. Um, that has reportedly, I believe at the Paris Air Show, um, they booked a purchase for double-digit planes. So it didn't specify how many. They just said double-digit. $4 million plane. So, you know, probably anywhere from, from 40 to $80 million. But it's a nine-passenger nine all-electric plane, wow. which is interesting, right? Because you can you can get into the end of the, the, the questions, I would say, surrounding the current aviation uh, industry with the use of fossil fuels and can you become more efficient with this all-electric vehicle? 
So this that all-electric one you're talking about is really just a private jet. It's not like a big commercial jet. And I believe the one you're referring to, it can hold up to nine passengers. Yes. Um, and it, so it, it's completely electric. And what it does is it can actually, on a single charge, go 650 miles. So that's, I mean, quite a distance for just electric, you know, vehicle, really, um, which is incredible. And so they're planning on getting, um, they're starting manufacturing later this year in actually the United States, which is awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. I think another big, uh, well, not big, but another announcement is there's lots of um, companies right now that are trying to do hybrid aircrafts. You know, mm -hmm. you have hybrid cars now, and they'd like to do hybrid aircrafts where you have electric and uh, you know, gas-powered uh, propulsion systems on these on these jets in order to, you know, save fuel. So everybody's trying to be more green nowadays, and including the aircraft companies. Yeah, and if you think about it, 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 it does, it makes sense in, in, in a lot of facets, I would say, especially from a business standpoint, that as you have, right now, oil prices are really pretty great in, in relationship to what they've been in, in the past. So as those go up, then you have to start thinking that airline prices will go up because they do use a very refined version of gasoline hmm. so if you can be able to make it all electric and you can make that sustainable then you can start cutting down your costs as long as the batteries and the replacement and all the maintenance doesn't um take it over time i think like the other cool thing to come out of the i don't know if this was part of the paris air show or you know they were just showing it off at the same time was that uh Lockheed Martin showed off designs for their ultra-quiet supersonic uh, commercial aircraft. One of the problems with the old Concorde was that it was banned to fly supersonic over the continental United States. It was so loud. <laughs> I don't. Was it just the continental United States? I thought it was basically over any land whatsoever. <laughs> oh, yeah. Could, could have been, yeah, yeah. Like, I think most countries were like, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> mm, Lockheed Martin showed off the pictures of this slick jet. And, uh, do we know when that's scheduled to actually do it, or is it still in complete, uh, like, uh, prototyping or model phases? I think they said that they're still testing the systems. They're calling mm -hmm. it X-59. And some of the cool things they're talking about is, like, you know, to make it fuel efficient and all the other stuff, they are getting rid of windows. People aren't going to have windows. They're going to have um, basically high-definition 4K screens to simulate outside. <laughs> wow. So, like, each, it's going to have screens instead of windows where the windows would be? Mm -hmm. So that you can still look out the window, but exactly. you're looking at a screen? Yeah. Interesting stuff going on in the world of aviation. <laughs> mm -hmm. <sighs> Well, um, and we'll see. Uh, you know, maybe next week we'll talk about another interesting show. <laughs> that we might. We definitely will. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's why this is the Internet of Interesting Things. For well, OIT, I'm Shiro. I'm Jim. And I'm Edward. Thanks. See you guys next week. See ya. See ya.